All right, guys, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Egg Tour podcast. It feels so good to say that again. Victor over here was carrying us for a bit just because of grad school, got a little hectic, got put out that fantastic solo episode for us. We're very excited to be back, hopefully more consistent. Hopefully. We said that last time. And <laughs> yeah, hey, we're, we can only do better. We're only going to be better from here. How about that? We can't get worse. Yeah, we actually can't get worse. Yeah. We got that. The, the ceiling's higher than the floor is lower. But honestly, couldn't have said it better myself. Today's episode, we are going to talk about Netflix's original series produced by A24, Beef, starring Steven Yeun and Ali Wong as our leads there. And in my opinion, one of the best television series ever produced and could easily win several Emmys this year in the 2023 award season. I really like this show. I saw this on, I saw an ad for it, and I was like, yo, that's Glenn, Stephen Young, that's Glenn. <laughs> and I was just, I always liked him in The Walking Dead, and you know, spoilers if we're gonna go there for The Walking Dead. If you haven't seen it, it's your fault. It's been um, like seven years at this point. If you don't yeah. know, you don't know. Uh, when he, me and my girlfriend were binging that show, and when he got capped, I stopped watching as seriously because he was one of the main things that I liked about the show. Plus, he was like very integral to the story. So once he was gone, it was kind of like that's another one of my favorite characters just out of the show. And I've always liked him since then. So when I saw him on here displaying road rage in that beginning, I I loved it, man. I I was like, yo, I relate to that a lot because my commute's kind of messed up right now. I get road rage really bad. Yeah, so I saw him in that, and I was like, this is perfect. Like, this is what I want to watch. I was exposed to it, because I follow Steven Young on social media and my exposure from The Walking Dead. As you, If you guys know me personally, which most of you do, you know I used to be a Walking Dead fanatic, and as you can imagine, Glenn was my favorite character. I, too, fell off from the show because of Glenn's death. But, yeah, Steven Young posted the trailer for this. I was like... It's a Steven Young project, and it's free on Netflix. I might as well watch it. And then my mom actually watched it and was like, you have to watch this. It's so good. And she binged it in like three days. And my sister watched it, and I was like, okay, now I got to watch it. And it was always on my list to watch, but it was always one of those things where it's like, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it. And boy, am I glad I binged it. It was, I watched it last Thursday. I started it. And then I think this past Sunday, I finish the whole thing i think i watched like four episodes in a row because i think from episode seven to ten it's just boom 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 it's all like you have to just watch it because the story is amazing but we'll get into all that more or less did you want to give a quick summary on this or uh thoughts on beef i thought it was amazing um i watched it with my girlfriend and for the last couple episodes we ended up just binging it all the way through it does what i love that shows do is the third act is not taking place in an episode it is taking place across multiple episodes and that's typically you know movies obviously can do it because you're sitting there once and you don't have these breaks where people can you know go out have a week go by and completely forget about it so it's easier for movies to do it but when it comes to shows i don't like when shows their act three just ramps up in the last part of the episode and beef goes against exactly what i hate that shows do is they make that third act those whole episodes so episode seven eight nine and ten 
everything's ramped up throughout the episode i was way more invested i wanted to know what happened but i was also so invested in the characters and i guess their development a bit to not have the show end you know i didn't want this episode 10 to end just because i didn't want to have to get unattached from that world i guess and those characters I completely get that. 7, 8, 9, and 10 were probably some of the best written forms of media I've watched. It's crazy that with this show, every episode, you're like, there. it can't get crazier than this. And they somehow ramp it up every single episode. You're like, what the fuck? Like, legitimately, how does this keep getting better and better and better and crazier? The stakes are higher. Like, it's insane. Even, I think, from episode 3, honestly, like, that middle portion of the series, it just gets more and more insane and then seven is when it really just takes off for me i think nine is when more or less everything was concluded and then 10 is where you kind of get the falling action more or less the resolution of what the show is about and i actually talked to my mom and my sister about the show because they watched it and they did not like the ending but i absolutely adored the ending i thought the ending was perfect it wasn't anything too flashy it was just Ah, well, I guess we'll get into spoilers in a minute, but I I thought the show was amazing. I think it could win several Emmys for Ali Wong's performance, uh, Stephen Young's performance, definitely. The writing was fantastic. It was shot beautifully. I mean, it's an A24 production. Of course, it's going to look beautiful. Overall, I was very pleased. I think I gave it like a four out of five, maybe four and a half out of five on Letterboxd. Overall, A24 really just outdid themselves with this. Yeah, you know, I was actually surprised to see this on Letterboxd, because I know Letterboxd doesn't really do shows. Mm. Is this like it a deserves one... a spot. Yeah, <laughs> it, I, it a definitely spot. does. It definitely does. But it was really surprising to see beef on there, and I was like, "Yeah, hey, you guys know this is a show, right?" You know, the Letterboxd cultists were even raging about it in the in the reviews. They were like, "What is? Why does Letterboxd have beef on here? It's a TV show." It was pretty funny, but yeah, going back to what you said though about like <laughs> the story getting crazier, I guess this is a. I don't want to say spoiler but it's a light spoiler when you get to episode three or four you're like man these characters are not good people it's three it's episode three three. and then you get further into the story and you're like man you know like they'll have some redeeming character arcs and you get further into the show and until the (laughs) until the end you were like god these people are terrible they are the worst they're just it's they're so angry and they're so vile it's just like jesus you think like every single time something good happens like that they're gonna just be better you're just waiting for their yeah their redemption arc like you said and they just double down on the fact that they're shitty <laughs> like yeah. it gets worse and worse and worse which is you know so, nice to see because it's yeah that's how it, it's reality like, yeah. it's reality that's i mean how... i'm not saying that <laughs> the severity behind <laughs> what they did is real but it's i mean somebody's probably doing that no it's not what you should aspire for like if somebody yeah. calls you a terrible person you do not want to double down on that no realistically but it happens there are people out there who double down on that shit every day and they're still yep. doubling down yeah right now so <laughs> it's it's kind of nice to see that kind of like not represented because i hate to see evil people it's kind of just like well this but the world is i guess we could kind of get into the themes and the spoilers on it now because there's only so much we can talk about it on the surface because it's two people getting angry 
Yeah. And then it just kind of then things started getting crazy. But all right, spoiler um, warning for Beef. If you haven't seen it, I really recommend that from this point on you stop listening because this is a movie. This is a show that I think a lot of people should watch, regardless of if you like this type of stuff or not. Um, I do think everybody should see it for the first time and hearing it from us first ruin it, water it down. I mean, definitely sure. definitely one because i don't think my words could <laughs> could explain what oh, i yeah. just watched <laughs> yeah it's always hard putting feelings and care and love for something into words so right if you haven't seen it go watch it to everybody i don't care what you like i don't care what you watch watch just it. watch beef just, just watch, watch beef. beef yeah literally just watch beef if you don't watch any form of television just watch beef and then call it a day you don't need to watch anything else if you haven't seen it, be warned, because we're going to get deep into beef. That that sounds so sexual. <laughs> <laughs> the overarching theme with beef is depression. It is thrown at you right away with Stephen Young depressively eating three original chicken sandwiches from Burger King on top of the land he wants to buy for his parents. That got deported because their motel business went under. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the McRib from McDonald's. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, if you're eating those, like, dude, you're depressed. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing? I think that happens in, like, episode one or two, right? Like, it's pretty, pretty recent on in the show. Yeah, yeah, I know it's got to be in the first or second episode because something happens. He gets depressed drives out to the land eats like three of them has these weird chest pains from eating them i think he's just eating them too fast yeah it's his indigestion about to yeah. vomit his depression is so severe and you don't know it early on as a viewer but the more and more you pick up on it and then as the show concludes you just realize danny's depression stems from the fact that he isn't living for himself anymore he never was he was living for his parents living to make them proud living to for them to be in america because he grew up in poverty well yeah i'd say poverty he wasn't well off how about that he wasn't well off and his parents were struggling to make it by with him his brother and then his mom and his dad and there's a wonderful scene not wonderful in the sense of what you're living but there's the scene where Danny is talking to Paul and he's like, listen, Paul, if you study really hard, you can jump a grade and be with me and then we can be really smart and work really hard and work for mom and dad so that they don't leave. He's like 9, 10, 11 at that age. So from that point on, his whole thing is doing things to make his parents proud. And throughout the show, you just see him be, again, living for his parents, but also just he's just not happy with his living situation his work situation he doesn't have a, a wife and i think he's in his late 20s early 30s maybe and he sees like all the people that he grew up with married have kids like his ex-girlfriend or ex-hookup or whatever is mm -hmm. married with a kid and he's just like why couldn't that be me and then yeah it, it's just crazy how his depression kind of just spiraled yeah and i mean going off what you said about like at such a young age wanting to make his parents proud like it's a good thing i think it's yeah. you know we all kind of depending on a relationship yeah. with our parents we want to make them proud we want to do better mm -hmm. you know we want to succeed for them i feel like it's a you kind of get to that point around like 17 18 like once you start working more you're like man like i want to make my parents like i want to be proud of like i want my parents to be proud of me you know like what who mm -hmm. they raised i do think it's a healthy thought but having to think that way so young 
it turns into like a bad thing because like you said he's not living for himself anymore his main focus is to live for his parents and get them back and you know that it could be said that like yeah if he gets them over here he can start living for himself but you know who knows everything's kind of a rabbit hole when you come to when you achieve certain things it's kind of like you always want more you know Mm. so who knows if that would have ended there but it's a healthy thought but you know moderation is key is what i'm trying to say yeah, so. it it doesn't it doesn't help with Danny either. He's the eldest Asian boy of an Asian family. Not to say that other cultures don't do it, but for me specifically, it's always felt like, and that's not like disregarding my parents or anything. Like it's just been something that I've grown up with internally, to where we always feel like we have to provide and take care of our family, and that's just because we love them. Not that like it's a a favor or anything. It's just something that we strive for. I'm sure other people feel the same way, but with Danny growing up, he always felt like his life was in the motel. It was in the business because that's what it meant to keep his parents in the United States. And then his brother, this this is what got me on the show. He Danny threw his younger brother Paul's college applications in the trash. I was rooting for Danny because I was like, he's just a very depressed, angry boy that is just trying to work his ass off to make a name. And this is when it kind of like turned for me on Danny that like, oh, he really is just a shitty person. And he, when he threw those letters away and essentially holding his brother back, I was just like, man, what the hell? Because again, he's living for his parents and he doesn't think he can do it by himself. He feels like he amounts to nothing because his younger brother can achieve more and is essentially smarter than he is. And he needed his brother's help or wanted to hold his brother back in order to keep his parents around and you kind of see that guilt kind of start swelling in him and then overall just take over and the final scene in the movie or the show you kind of see how that plays out yeah and you know i feel like <clears throat> danny also thinks that like a lot of the mo- the reason the motel failed and why it went under and why his parents were forced to go back to korea, korea. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I'm not just saying that because he says he's Korean in The Walking Dead. I'm pretty sure he is Korean in the show. Um, it's because I know his brother Paul mentions it briefly, and they kind of really don't go into too much depth on it. But their cousin was running an illegal um, import-export business out of yeah. the hotel, and Danny was yeah. kind of the one who was just like, let him do that, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like he feels responsible for his parents not being there, and he's also yeah. working hard you know it's not just a working hard to like i'm getting my parents over here like i want them to be happy it's like i feel that he feels that he's like i fucked up that's why they're over there i have to get them back to make you know it right Mm. and so not being able to do that i'm sure that weighs pretty heavily on him oh yeah it it doesn't help either that i think he mentions it once he gets involved with the church that he's like i did everything like by the books like i was doing everything as the nice guy and look what happened and that's when he starts getting into the money laundering taking money from his cousin that's when he starts doing the shady shit is right after that he's like he's he's cornered he doesn't know where to go after that and he just wants to again live for his parents he doesn't care what happens to him he just wants his parents back in the united states yeah i thought uh that guilt kind of reflected pretty heavily and like they they show it pretty good because you know it it sucks to have that way on your mind and you can just see how it fucks with them over the course of the show Mm -hmm. you know he's always calling them they're always calling him he's always 
lying saying like yeah we're doing good like we'll get you back here in a couple weeks a couple months and you know not being able to do that while also having his brother paul like have all this money in bitcoin to where you know he's like hey like you're gonna fuck it up let me take the passwords and he ends up fucking it up yeah so it's kind of just it's a lot it's i think danny's character was very very interesting because it kind of shows sometimes that your best isn't enough i know that sounds really shitty to say but like the reality of it is you just you can't do everything by yourself no matter how hard you try you need a support system and i think that's what danny's character was there to showcase that without he didn't have anybody there to help him his brother even mentions like you don't have like a girlfriend or anything you don't go out you just work 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 and you see how that kind of legitimately eat at paul or not paul danny throughout the show do we want to transition over to ali wong yeah i was gonna say (laughs) yeah yeah i mean ali wong's character where the fuck do you even start man i she she was a lot she was going off i guess a good segue is that like you know how you're mentioning that danny's all work 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 like the opposite end of that success wise is ali wong's character you know she's working all the time she doesn't have time to be around her daughter or family and you can kind of see her relationship with her daughter is suffering at that point she is working for she has her own business a plant business that she's trying to make a name for herself and she was going to sell it to like this big chain company called foresters ran by i don't remember her name but the blonde lady in the show yeah she is the the business koyo house right yeah koyo house that's yeah. what it is that's what it is koyo house but we see that because you know she's in a wealthy neighborhood has a really nice house drives fancy car can afford you know to go on these trips take you know get her daughter whatever she wants and it's still kind of the same thing as she feels like she's on at the end of the line you know it's she's constantly working she has a family which is why she feels guilty about working you know she feels like she wants to be able to provide for them because she is the main breadwinner of the household her husband is the son of a very famous artist Mm -hmm. so he just has money with no talent no working like he george has never worked i'm pretty sure he's just a guy with money yeah and so ali wong's character what's her name I forgot amy. Her name. amy amy so amy you know she's working all the time she feels like she doesn't see her daughter enough and so she's trying to get this deal with foresters so that she can sell the business and have enough money with her money that she made from the deal and george's money to just retire you know be done with it spend a lot more time with her family and be out of it and comfortable living for the rest of their lives and Mm -hmm. it kind of comes out in like the last couple episodes that that's not what she wants she you know she's really close to finalizing this deal to the point where she can retire have everything she wants and she goes up to the lady she the head of foresters and she's like i want to stay on you know she had the deal basically guaranteed you know the ink not even drying on the paper and she was like i want to stay on and i want to still run it and you know she was trying super hard to get that taken off to where she wasn't staying on but it kind of comes out after all this stress where she's just like i'm gonna be honest like i want to stay on i want to continue doing work and that's kind of like the opposite end of danny to a degree uh yeah yeah i would say so amy's amy's character was very fascinating because she grew up very similarly to danny her parents immigrated from 
China. I think she's Chinese. Amy's Chinese, I'm pretty sure. If not, she's just... I don't, I don't think she's... I know she's not Korean, but I'm pretty sure she's Chinese. They mention it. And her parents aren't very well off. And you see through flashbacks, Amy's character as a child overhears her parents arguing and how they can't afford to have a kid. And her dad even goes... I told you we shouldn't have had her blah 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 and you see how that generation or that statement alone just kind of transcends through amy's young adult life how she just kind of is making money as to be used as a like hooker i guess in the motel she was used as a hooker or she would just kind of she was doing everything she could throughout her childhood her young adult age to just get away from her parents and make money for herself because she thinks that her parents just don't care about her, don't want her. That kind of, again, translates, as you mentioned, into her adult life and how she's just always working. And she thinks through work, she will have that perfect family she always wanted as a kid. And in reality, that's just not going to happen because of how much, how bad she's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah her trauma that she dealt with is starting to well for one she mentions that even in the show that she doesn't talk about her emotions at all because she never could as a kid so that again generational trauma evolved into her adult life into her marriage i feel like i feel like that reflects a lot on a lot of families today a lot of kids parent relationships is depending on how old your parents are my parents are boomers you know growing up is the same for me they weren't the type of people like lately in the past couple of years they've kind of evolved on it i guess if you have feelings you'll get over them that's mm. typically how it is like you don't need to talk to anybody you don't need to like talk to me about why you feel sad everybody feels sad once in a while you'll get over it you know and that's everything yep. and so kind of seeing that is like a wake-up call it should be a wake-up call mm-hmm. to where you know it's okay to talk about shit you know it's everybody it's deals shit. with this stuff. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it's shit it sucks nobody wants to like deal with it but it's better to talk about it than to not early on i actually really thought that amy and danny would be really good together yeah i was like they're just <laughs> there was one scene i forgot where it was but it's pretty early on it's like the third or fourth episode where i was like these people would make like a perfect couple if they just weren't <laughs> so focused on like that road rage incident and just hating each other I think these two characters, despite their relatively different, similar path, it all wraps up so well in episode 10. Episode 10, I thought, was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I think that's when it starts after they drive off the road, right? And they're in that ditch or whatever, and that's when they're in the woods, yeah. Yeah. After the shooting at the head of Forrester's house, they end up lost in the wilderness, and Amy and Danny are stuck just talking to each other and trying to they have to they legitimately have to work together set their beef aside to get back to civilization because there's no cell there's no data they can't call or text anybody it's just them and at the time amy sees that she's no longer allowed to see her daughter junie and then danny thinks paul is dead it's great you get to see them set their differences aside and then how they have to work together and then they start they eat like a magic mushroom or something they eat like it's like a poison, poison berries, berries yeah yeah and they're pretty much tripping the last like 20 minutes of the show and they just open up to each other about what they had to go through as a kid they understand each other yeah that they're not different at all despite their current standings and wealth they underwent each other's trauma together and they understood how broken they both were yeah props to a24 for not making a tripping out scene that was so shittily done 
Because a lot of movies will vomit. do that. Yeah, it was just <laughs> a lot of movies do it where like, oh, you eat poison berries, dude. Like, Whoa. it's gonna get all wavy and yeah. shit, like slow mo. Like the trees are talking to me, you know. Yeah, it was good, but you know, surface level look, it doesn't seem like they're tripping, you know. Yeah, which is nice because they're so vulnerable at that point that spilling everything out. Yeah, kind of like bonding through trauma. Yeah, like legitimately trauma bonding. Yeah, it. They they treated this trip as kind of like a horror thing, like slightly. Like they they uh, you think Danny's talking to Amy and then he's not, and then also Amy thinks she's talking to Danny, and then all of a sudden you see Danny like super close to the camera. It yeah, was, was just super fun. fun, and then you see a lot of like rainbow vomit because he ate yeah. Skittles. That was pretty gross, but it was funny. <laughs> but the show ends after. George shoots Danny because he catches them back in civilization. And it ends so great. It is them in the hospital. Danny's hooked up to a ventilator, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Something in his mouth to keep him alive. And Amy's there watching over him because both of them fucked up their family lives. Like, Danny's personal life is fucked. His mom and dad definitely don't like him. Paul hates his guts. And then Amy doesn't have George anymore. She definitely hasn't seen Junie. They just have each other, and you see Amy crawl onto Danny's bed, hospital bed, and you see like a time lapse of multiple days go by where they just lay with each other. And that's not to say that they, oh, they fell in love or it's like a romance thing. It's two people finally understood their trauma when they thought nobody else would understood what they went through. They have each other, and they're just friends. At least I think that's what it was. They seem to be just friends because I think they still hate their guts. Yeah, it was really nice to kind of see them come together in that way because i was always hoping for it ever since danny was facading as george's friend zane <laughs> that was pretty funny <laughs> i thought that was hilarious so he goes to they have a party at their house he goes under the guise of zane because george is there and he talks to amy and he's just like do you ever do you ever get there it's kind of oh, what yeah. he asks her he's yep. just like i just is need to ask yeah he's just like do you ever get there is it worth it she tells him straight up like I still feel empty. Like, no. You don't ever get there. In and, regards to the wealth, yeah. Yeah. You kind of see how both these people, like, Danny's in this process of working his ass off to get to the point Amy's at, and she's at that point, and she is still working to get higher. She wants know? more. Amy yeah. just wants more. And you see that through both these characters throughout the whole show is they always want more. I mean, Danny shows that later on, even after he asked her, like, do you ever get it? It's just, I feel like that relates to everybody. Unhealthily, to a degree, we all want. And so once we get one thing, we're so close to the next thing, we might as well get it. And it just keeps cascading. It just keeps snowballing into more mm. and more. It's like, well, if I can make 25 an hour, what's stopping me from making 40 an hour? Or if I can get a three-story house, what's stopping me from getting a four-story house in Beverly Hills? Like, why stop? And we keep looking forward, you know, mm. like way farther past the horizon to the point we're losing the now. You know, we yeah. always focus on the past. We always focus on the future and we're losing the now. And it's so it's emphasized so well just by how Danny's like, do you ever get there? It's it was just crazy to me because I was going to say something else, but I lost my train of thought. Don't you hate when that happens? Yeah. 
Um, really quick on that. The show, I think, especially that scene alone, it really highlights like the fact that your happiness isn't going to be coming from a person, a thing. It's legitimately, I know this sounds so fucking cheesy. Your happiness comes from yourself. Are you happy with what you've done with your life? That's all that matters. No matter how much money you have, how little you have, what you've done, are you okay with what you are doing right now? And that's what the show emphasizes with Danny and Amy. And also the fact that we should talk shit out don't just yell or chase somebody down the road like a fucking crazy person with road rage just talk your shit out be happy and just do it because you should do it yeah i ended up getting back on that train i remember what i was gonna say you know when that brief time where danny's at the church he's playing basketball he's you know singing in the church choir he's like leading prayer he looks happy I mean, mm. deep that's down, not, it's yeah. not real because yeah. he's just doing that to scam the church. Yeah. The thing is, though, is like he looks genuinely happy. You know, he's got mm. a girl he's talking to. He has, you know, him and Paul not really close, but you know, they're not. They got they got closer there at that point in the show. Yeah, and he's on the basketball team, and him and Paul are like, you know, working together, like brothers playing basketball, all that. The Cho Bros. Yeah, the Cho Bros. <laughs> it's just like I mean, we know at the show in the show at that point that like he's just doing that to scam the church but like looking back at it it's just like you had a lot of the things you wanted right there and he kind of just blows by (laughs) to rip the church off we haven't even touched on isaac (laughs) his cousin oh (laughs) that's that's a whole different beast i don't even know if i could tackle that but isaac definitely affected the show not for the better because he was essentially Danny's depression just yanking him back like hey just do this just yeah. do it because fuck the church just do it for yourself like he's like it doesn't matter we, we'll get it we'll be clean but that's what ended up getting him to where he got by the end of the show was Isaac yeah he's kind of like a catalyst for a lot of Danny's like evilness and Paul yeah and, and Paul <laughs> yeah I don't want to say that you know like he was the one influencing Danny to do all this shit because like Danny had these thoughts before He's yeah. just like, yo, like, I could get a loan from the church, blah, blah, blah. And then Isaac's just like, yeah, get it, dude. Like, you owe me money. Like, we could yeah. do this shit. This is just one step, man. We could just keep going up from there. And it's yep. just like a lot of his bad decisions came from that, you know? Mm. Plus, he's the one who sunk motel business anyway, so. Yep. He's not going to change because he's doing that shit again. He's paying tariffs this time, though. <laughs> legally. He's doing yeah. this legally, he says. There's so much to be said. There's definitely way better analysis of this show but it's overall i think again one of the best pieces of media out there right now you guys should definitely listen to and watch yeah i mean yeah there's better analysis because i'm just a white dude talking about a show mainly (laughs) focusing on people of color minorities hey you know but it's still it's 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 relatable though that's it's the ins- thing, it's relate yeah if you even remove the, the ethnicity behind it it's still really relatable and that's just not to say like even though i'm asian i understand everything i i don't even know what's going on at the time <laughs> and it was still wonderful to watch and feel seen in how they portrayed everything yeah well i mean it's nice to see because you know it's always joked about and like not even like touched upon like that greatly in real life to where you know everybody always says like oh yeah you know like asian parents and their kids they're always expect so much out of them and it's so grueling to a point like at this point in their lives and this was nice to see like how that at such a young age can just you know it's not super realistic because it is a show but it's it's a dramatized version of it it's like a radical 
example of how this you know way of thinking can affect people at such a young age and make them into these people that only work you know Mm. work 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 trying to impress their parents and i'm not saying that's just for you know the asian population but Mm. it's nice to see that because it's joked about it's not touched as deeply yeah when you're talking to a friend about it or you know a colleague about it and so seeing this it's kind of just like eye-opening i think it's a it shows a good balance of it it's not all the parent it's not all the child either it's just i think there is a large expectation at least for me to want to the end of the day take care of my parents i'm sure all kids feel the same way but at the end of the day for me it's just seeing somebody that has the same mentality that looks very similar to me it's it's nice to know that it's not just like a me thing it's oh people that are similar to me that have the same features as me felt that too representation matters if you guys say otherwise go fuck yourself representation matters (laughs) as a white guy yeah representation (laughs) matters (laughs) i need more white people in media yeah 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 what he said anyways i think that wraps it up on beef i mean there's only it was very superficial there's definitely way more to be touched on but again we're just two guys that really enjoy road rage yeah i think i think we're good there i i I do want to give my two cents on the mario movie because you did review it the last episode loved the mario movie loved it so much i saw it twice and i started tearing up to the nostalgia bro the games i thought chris pratt's like accent in the little mario commercial perfect i thought that was legitimately the mario voice but mario movie very simple very fun made a billion in a month that's absolutely bonkers animated movie making a billion dollars i don't think that's heard of if if it well no sorry spider verse is here um but crazy can't wait for what they have in store on that yeah and you know going back to beef anybody out there is experiencing road rage you don't know what anybody else is going through. I know this is a really childish thing to say, but like in this show, it shows a lot of people have their <laughs> own shit. So yes, don't get pissed. I mean, get pissed to yourself, but don't go flipping people off. Don't go cutting people off. Stay safe out there, because we all want to get home. And we all want to stop working. You should be. You shouldn't make that a PSA. Like the the federal government should contact you for that statement yeah don't have road rage or if you do just flip them off don't chase them just flip them off and it's the end of the day but flipping off can lead to a lot of things yeah that's fair yeah that's fair yeah listen to victor not me yeah i'm just a white guy you should listen to (laughs) (laughs) oh man i think that was that was it i think i'm good loved beef four out of five on letterboxd don't forget to follow us on our socials we'll have them linked somewhere in the description or if you know us personally contact us like victor said in the last episode reach out to us we always want feedback we always are trying to make this better as if we don't do this anyways (laughs) but (laughs) yeah i mean especially with beef there's so much to interpret so many things we didn't even touch on that much if you have any thoughts that we didn't talk about or that we did reach out just let us know just just chirp at us just yell at me for being a white dude who started a podcast <laughs> during COVID. I'd love to hear that. Man, but thanks for listening. And leave us a review. I think Spotify does that. Apple Music, I know they do that. Leave a review. It definitely boosts us. Enjoy 
you like. Enjoy beef. Enjoy yeah. beef. Enjoy beef. enjoy beef. If you haven't watched it and you've already listened this far, like you're doing yourself a disservice, but go watch it. Go enjoy it because Stephen Young and Ellie Wong portrayed a lot better than me and Ethan. All right. And I think we will catch you guys in the next one. Hopefully a little bit sooner Shit. than the last one. Yeah, I'm just done <laughs> saying that, dude. <laughs> I don't know when the next episode is going to be. So. That's fair. That's fair. Not committing. That's fair. We should probably stop saying that. We'll get better at it. Guys, thanks for listening. This has been a beefier episode for beef. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Adios.